a little redundant, isn't it? Multitude means great, and great means multitude. The people who joined the Jews were the sorcerers, the advisors, the magicians, the elite among Pharaoh's people. Welcome to the Ideas That Change the World podcast with Rabbi Manus Friedman, where we make sure your life will be changed for the better, one idea at a time. Rabbi Friedman is the number one voice of clarity on moral and social issues. So what are we waiting for? Let's go change the world. That's a little redundant, isn't it? Multitude means great, and great means multitude. The people who joined the Jews were the sorcerers, the advisors, the magicians, the elite among Pharaoh's people. So it was many of them, and they were great in stature in Egypt. Moshe did not ask God whether they were welcome to join or not. He assumed it's a good thing. Somebody wants to get closer to God, why not? Problem is that it turned out that they were not sincere about God. They wanted to join the Jewish people because the Jewish people were the victors. You always go with the winner. Egypt was down, Egypt was destroyed. So they figured, why go down with the ship? Let's join the victorious Jews and uh, share in their success. They were not interested in the God of Israel. So God says to Moshe, the people you brought, he wasn't talking about the Jewish people. He was talking about the multitude, the riffraff, which is really a Hebrew term, erevrav, the riffraff, that you brought, without asking me, you invited them to join. Well, they messed up. And they made a graven image. How did they do it? They were sorcerers. They used their magic and they turned the gold into a calf. That's what it means. Their original feeling that the people had, the Jewish people, was we need a substitute for Moshe. But that's not what the riffraff were thinking. They were thinking, we can, we can become heroes now, and we can become leaders and advisors to the Jewish people if we show them what we can do. And we can give them other gods which is another interesting thing. If you look at the words carefully, after the golden calf came out of the fire, somebody said to somebody, these are your gods, plural. There was only one calf. And yet they said these, gods. Because that was just the beginning of their plan. Their plan was to introduce many gods just as it was in Egypt. There's an interesting comment, commentary. 
Why a calf? They could have made anything out of that gold. Magically, naturally, manually. Why a calf? In the blessings that, ja that Jacob, Yaakov, gives his children, he refers to many of them as having the qualities of a certain animal. Yehuda was a lion. Joseph, who was the hero of Egypt, is described as an ox, the strength of an ox. So it was in their mind that if they want to introduce a god to the Jewish people, they should use a Jewish theme, a popular Jewish theme. And so they turned it into a calf because it was reminiscent of Joseph. So every word, every detail of the story is, is meaningful. So what happens? The riffraff decide to change the agenda from a substitute for Moshe to a substitute for God. And that's why they said to the Jewish people, these are your gods who took you out of Egypt. They had to convince the Jews because that was not what the Jews originally were asking for. They were looking for a substitute for Moshe. Now, what happened to Aaron? Aaron's thinking was, this is not idolatry. They're looking for a substitute for Moshe. So all I have to do is delay them a little bit. Moshe is coming tomorrow morning, and it'll all be over. The problem will be gone. So the first thing he says was, do you have any gold? Figuring they won't part with their gold so quickly. To his surprise and dismay, they immediately offered the gold. So he said, I need the gold of your wives and children's jewelry. Thinking they won't let their gold be taken and that will delay things and so on. Then he said to them, let me do this. Let me create whatever it is we need to create. It sounded like he was volunteering to do the work. What he was really saying was, if we all chip in, it'll happen too quickly. Let me do it as a special project. That'll take me a while. And in the meantime, Moshe will show up. But if the agenda was idolatry, Aaron wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. And the fact that people were, were violent and threatening would not have intimidated him. Because the one sin you should not commit, even if it's going to save your life, is idolatry. And murder and adultery. So Aaron was afraid that if he resisted, 
and simply refused, they would kill him. What made him think that? His nephew, Miriam's son, Hur, the son of Kaliv, he stood up against them and said, no way, this is not going to happen. And they killed him. So there was no doubt that they would kill Aaron too. So Aaron decided that he's going to play along. But he was playing along because it wasn't idolatry. When it became idolatry, it was too late. There was nothing Aaron could do. So when Moshe comes down off the mountain and he sees that there's a golden calf, he says to Aaron, what did they do to you? How did they get you to cooperate? Idolatry? So Aaron defends himself and says, no, they were confused about you, not about God. There was no need to sacrifice my life for that. But then it turned, and all of a sudden it was about idols. Another interesting thing was, Moshe comes down off the mountain with the Ten Commandments, with, with the tablets. Actually, let me, let me clarify this also. What does tablets mean? I think a tablet is a flat piece of wood or stone with some writings on it. These were not flat pieces of stone. First of all, it was sapphire. Secondly, they were cubes, not tablets. So they were very heavy. How do we know this? Well, because the ark that contained the stones was built to perfect measurement. So if you look at the measurements of the ark, it wasn't built for tablets. It was built for cubes.